All right, we are uh, here in Detroit with episode 62. The big 6-2. The famous, the beloved digits 6-2 that we all we all know uh, from films, from the stage. Uh, well, it's like the, uh, like American Graffiti asked, where were you in podcast 62? That's, that's correct. Uh, we've got 62 pickup or 50. Anyway, uh, <laughs> that's oh, what the extra blank lose too many people yet. Shit. Uh, I'm Rory. Uh, Wesley is here. Hey. And Mike Price. Hello. And joining us um, from uh, a recent return from Lamont, we have our favorite contributor, Peter Hughes. And not a, oh, we, we do say that about every single contributor yeah, so that yeah. comes on the show. <laughs> and now a, re- a reoccurring podcast guest. Yeah. Yeah, you. Uh, yeah, I know. You're chasing down Al Pierce here with uh, your <laughs> number of appearances. Becoming a regular man. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so how uh, how was Lamar? Man, it was uh, it was pretty great. It, thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for sending me. Um, yeah, completely amazing. Is is Robin there? No, sadly he's uh, I believe at lunch. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, more was, more important Pierce, thing. Yeah, I, I, it was funny. At some point while I was over there, I, I saw him posting things and, and realized that he was with Toyota and was basically in the tent right next to where I was hanging out and um, and uh, meant to hook up with him at some point, but but didn't. So I was curious to, to hear his impressions too. But um, was that your yeah, first? Was that your a, first trip over there, Peter? Was that your first trip? What's that? That was your first trip, right? First Lamont or first Lamont? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. First time. Um, yeah. And did you stay up the whole time? Uh, you know, um, yes and no. I, uh, I, I definitely stayed up overnight. And then at some point in the, uh, uh, on Sunday morning, um, I had to go back to the hotel, uh, just to grab my suitcase because I was going to be leaving directly, uh, after the race uh, to go back to, to Paris. And, um, and and I was going to be driving, uh, so so I figured, all right, if, if I'm back in the hotel, it's you know eight thirty in the morning. Uh, I felt fine, um, but uh, but I thought, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna lay down and, and just you know give, give myself a couple of hours <laughs> of, of sleep, yeah. and um, and so set my alarm uh, for 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 ten thirty, and then lay down and and just sat there awake because yeah. <laughs> I was so just like just buzzing you know with the entire experience and just trying to assimilate just you know the overwhelmingness enormity of the of the entire thing and um and finally after like an hour and a half of laying there I was just like okay well at this I'm going, <laughs> I'm going back to the track yeah so so I don't know if at some point I I must have dozed off for a little bit but it I, I it didn't feel like it um, and, uh, yeah. And then I went back to the track and, and, uh, so, so, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I can't really claim to have gone hardcore to full 24, but, but I think that I actually did. Um, yeah. I, so last year I was, I got the same, uh, invite that, that led to this trip last year. And I, um, it was with Porsche and, um, mm-hmm. I, uh, so I, I, it was the same thing. So it was like uh, me and uh, Kim Wolfkill from Road and Track and Hurley Haywood and Dave from Porsche. And um, everybody was like, oh, are you going to stay up? Are you going to stay up or coming back to the hotel? And Hurley and, and Dave went back to the hotel. Kim went back to the hotel. And then I was like, oh, no, I'm going to stay up. This is my first Le Mans. I'm going to stay up and watch the whole thing. And uh, Porsche had this really cool, like, uh, hospitality set up where there's like multiple floors and the top floor was a bar it had like all these like outdoor areas where you could sit and watch um watch the cars come off that that final turn onto the straight and i was like oh this is gonna be fantastic i'm gonna grab a beer and and uh just sit here through the night and watch and and um you know maybe make some excursions out into the woods and i uh totally passed out at like two in the morning and i <laughs> I woke up and uh, at like six, and Hurley was standing next to me, 
And he was like, oh, what's going on, big guy? I thought you were staying up for the whole race. And uh, <laughs> like, just like a real nightmare scenario. It's just to be like falling asleep on a couch with a beer in my hand with my mouth open. And Hurley Haywood walks in, <laughs> sees me. It's like my lowest of the low. It was it was uh, pretty pretty cool for me. Well, you know, it's one thing to be a trooper and try to make it 24 hours. But I've been there twice. And the first time I tried to stay up the whole time, and I think I was, I think I made it. But then it, the the biggest problem is the like five or six hours after the race, yeah. Because now you're pushing, you know, thirty five, thirty six hours because you get there a few hours before the race, you know. So you got to count that in your twenty four, yeah. And then pretty soon you're trying to find your uh, hotel or your connection to the airport, and it's like you're a zombie. And uh, I don't think I'll ever do that again. It, it will be nap time in, in the middle of the race. I, I think I have to do it next. I have to <laughs> take another go, crack at go it. Go for all 24? I just I don't want another uh, racing legend to see me sleeping with my mouth open in a, in a chair. Uh, so did, did you make it out to the woods at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, we... Um, I mean, depending on what you mean by the woods. There, were, there was, uh, like, on Saturday night, uh, there was a, a, a Porsche shuttle that, that kind of took us around uh, a few of us to, to some of the, you know, the kind of, you know, there's, there's little VIP tents set up. Uh, there was one, you know, at, at Indianapolis and one, um, uh, at the, uh, the first chicane, uh, on the, on the Mulsanne. So you're kind of like, you know, in a little party tent at the, the entrance to the chicane there. Um, and so those are cool. So we kind of would, we, we, you know, I mean, you drive through the woods to get to them and then there's a clearing and then you're, you're next to the track and, and, uh, you know, and people are, are offering you, uh, <laughs> glasses of champagne or whatever. Um, so, so that part didn't really feel like being in the woods, but, um, <laughs> but it was, but it was cool. Um, and, and so spent, spent Saturday, Saturday night kind of doing that stuff. And then ended up getting back to, uh, uh, to hospitality, I don't know, probably around 11. And then, and, and, and it turned out I had a, a friend, um, who was just there as a spectator. And so, uh, so I left the kind of VIP hospitality area and just went out into the crowd and hooked up with him. And we, and, and maybe this is kind of the secret of, of the, the staying up all night is, is, um, don't park yourself in one place. You know, we, we just started wandering, you know, we wandered up, uh, kind of past Dunlop and, and, uh, and, you know, and kind of out toward Tetrouge and, and, uh, and, and it's great because those areas, and I mean, and the thing is like, uh, this, you know, I mean, those, those other spots that, that we get to, like, I need to get to those, those other spots, uh, you know, if, if you're willing to, to wait for, you know, there's shovels that go to them. I don't think they go all through the night, you know? So, so if you want to get out there at night and you're kind of on your own, um, one, you need to know your way around and two, you need to have a vehicle, you know, or a bike or, or something and, and be willing to, to hook it. Um, but, but the stuff that we were accessing, uh, just, just like, uh, just walking down kind of through like the forest asses and, and just getting up to, uh, to the, the entrance of Tetrouge. And then, you know, by this time it's like three in the morning and there's hardly anybody around. There's people just kind of, you know, the few people that are around, uh, most of them are just kind of passed out, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. literally like, like on the ground, uh, sleeping. And, um, and man, it is just absolutely magical. I mean, that was like the absolute coolest thing was just standing there with the cars going by, you know, maybe 10 yards from you mm-hmm. and they're coming down the hill, uh, you know, at full song, uh, lifting for, for Tetrouge and then, and then back on the throttle and, and, and just like, and you hear them just echoing off, you know, down the Mulsanne, you know, the, the, the echo of the exhaust off the trees and, um, and and just just standing there for like half an hour, you know, an hour, just watching go by and and, and listening, and just being there in the dark. Um, I mean, it was just completely 
uh, I mean, it's just like one of those enchanting moments where it's like, <laughs> I think I posted, I made a little video of it and put it up on Instagram and I said, I never want this to end, yeah. you know, it's like, this is just the best place <laughs> in, on the entire planet right now. Um, it was really, really phenomenal. And then, and then we kind of worked our way down, uh, but you know, back down and, uh, and went on the Ferris wheel. There's nobody around, you know, just walked walked right onto the Ferris wheel and get up to the top. And, and, and in the time that we were on the Ferris wheel, uh, we looked around and, and you could see it the sky is just starting to get visibly lighter now. Yeah. And it's like, by the time we got down, like it was morning, you know? And so it was just, you know, this kind of crazy magical thing of, of, uh, it's like, wow, we made it. We did it. You know? yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I mean, it was just, and so, so the point of which being, um, you know, you can go there. The, the, the VIP experience is cool. It's cool having access to a hospitality tent. <laughs> it's a bunch of good food and free drinks if you want them. Um, uh, but man, just being there and spending, you know, hours and hours and hours and just walking, you know, um, uh, I mean, it's, it's as cool as anything else. And it was just, just, uh, I felt like I got the best of both worlds. It was really just a fantastic experience. And then, and the, the other thing about it is just like everything else in addition to the rate, like, like the, the, the 24 hours, it's not enough. Like yeah. you need to go there. You need to spend like a whole week there because like, I mean, seriously, I could have spent an entire, I could have spent the entire 24 hours of the race just walking around the parking lot. Yeah. Just yeah, taking right. pictures of the cars in the parking lot, right. you know? Um, or like the museum, you know, we went, we went on, on, uh, on Sunday, you know, maybe like 11 in the morning and, and just, just cruised through the museum, just did like a, a, you know, 20 minute, half hour kind of, uh, you know, cursory thing, but I could have spent all day in there too, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's just incredible. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, that's why I say it's just like overwhelming. It's just too much. It's yeah. just, it, it's, it's so much to take in and in 24 hours is not enough. Yeah. Yeah. That, that Lamad, like the, um, sitting in, in kind of remote area and what, what's crazy about Lamad and I guess like different from, from other races is the track is so big, the cars get spread out and there are mm-hmm. times where like you're sitting there and you can hear a car coming. It's like, it's like being on a country road and you can hear a car in the distance and then you can like see the headlights and then you start trying to figure out like from the headlight profile and the, the engine sound, noise, yeah. like what are we looking at? And then like, you know, in a second it's on top of you and like gone and it like, it is an absolutely, you know, and I think like in, in this job and like the, the stuff that we get to see and get to do, like it is somewhat easy to become like uh a little bit jaded or just like, you know, stuff that, by... stuff that would have like blown your mind 10 years ago is like not, not super impressive or doesn't, doesn't really do it for you. It's like being a drug addict or like, like one of the weird sex guys where you're just like ever, you know, like <laughs> looking for ever more extreme experiences or whatever. Is that but how it works. Uh, so I hear, uh, but the, uh, Lama thing, man, like even just hearing you talk about it, I was getting goosebumps remembering yeah. that experience. It just seems so magical. It's so cool. It's like, it is, you know, it's like, like everyone says like, oh, you got to go to Lamont. You got to, you really do have to go like it. And, you know, what you said, like the, the VIP thing is awesome and it's one way to do it. Uh, but I, I spent a lot of time walking around and like just hanging out with people, meeting people that I hadn't seen in a long time and uh, eating ham and uh, drinking beer. I believe it's a Yambon. I don't know. Well, the cool thing is about Lamont too, it's not like uh, the Rolex or Indianapolis or whatever. You're not running into fences or security or yeah. you can't go there. I mean, there are, I mean, short of, you know, walking, wandering out onto the track, it's pretty much wide open yeah. all day and all night. And it's, it, you know, it, it kind of polices itself. Um, I never felt unsafe anywhere in the late night. I, I, Peter, did you ever feel a little bit awkward? I mean, uh, when you're out there in the middle of the no. night? No, not at all. Yeah. <laughs> no. I mean, even even though, you know, even as there are guys like walking around with, you know, giant flags, like 
like literally like waving them at you, like trying to take your head off <laughs> yeah. with them, you know, because they're so, they're all just trash. They're just like these guys just on bikes that are like literally falling off of them. <laughs> they're cruising past you. You know, like you're just, you're just wait, watching and waiting for them to eat shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm the safest one there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Cool. I, I, uh, I would say, you know, like, to if you get the chance obviously it's like not accessible to everybody because you have to get on a plane and uh find a place to stay but it 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 can i think be done relatively cheaply uh as far as like cost effectively yeah it's you know and i guess my point is like the experience is still really good you don't need like special access to go see a bunch of cool shit that'll totally blow your mind um yeah it's it's really really cool I do have yeah. one question. Uh, that's kind of a revolving question for Lamar for the uh, the podcast. The baguette hot dog. Did you uh, find one? Did you eat one? The French hot dog. The hot dog. Yeah, it's yeah. like a baguette. A it's like hot, it's like a baguette, and it's they hollow it out, and they throw a hot dog down there. No, I didn't Dude, see that. God damn it! I you missed uh, out. I should have said now, how is that different from a pig in a blanket? You should have told I mean, me to look totally. for it. I know. Yeah, no, I I did, I I did have a crate, and um, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, and in a great moment where, where I was just trying to get a bottle of water from the guy and, and I'm stupid enough that I'm standing there and I can't think of the French word for water. It's just <laughs> not coming to me. And, and I'm trying to ask for it in English and he doesn't recognize the English <laughs> word for water. <laughs> so we're just at this impasse, you know, and I'm just like, drink, I'm making the drink gesture, you know, and he's like, points to it. And I'm like, yeah, 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 that one. <laughs> he- like, uh but uh, no, I didn't. I didn't see a. I didn't see the hot dog. So Hurley was on your trip too. Uh, the guy who who famously witnessed me sleeping my mouth open. Uh, how was that? Is he he cool to hang out with, and you get to spend some time with him? Oh yeah, yeah. No, and it's funny, man, because you know I've met I've met Hurley three times now. Uh, both times that I went to Daytona uh, three years ago, and then earlier this year, um, and. Uh, and and it's just really funny and weird that he has become this guy that you know I kind of regularly regularly see and and that he visibly recognizes me. Yeah, you know? that has and to be true. He's a guy that that when I was when I was in high school and going to races in California, going to to, to the IMSA races at Riverside, um, and this was during the rain. This was in the eighties during the reign of the, the Porsche nine sixty twos, and. And he was my guy because he was driving the Jag. Mm-hmm. Those cool, the Bob Tullius 44 Jaguar XJR 5s and XJR 7s, like to my eyes, still like two of the most beautiful race cars ever, ever, mm-hmm. ever. And, uh, and they were, you know, normally aspirated V12. They sounded just incredible. And, um, in the third year that, that, uh, that I would like, there were, there were three years that, that I went in, in a row and the third year, uh, incredibly the, the, the Jags won and it was, and it was, uh, it was Hurley and, and John Morton mm-hmm. in, in the winning car. And, and so the first time I met him a few years ago, you know, I said, Hey, you know, I know you're the Porsche guy, but I got to tell you, <laughs> you, know, you were my dude because you were driving the Jaguar and beating the Porsche. That's uh, so I think you always think that that's a little bit funny. I, I, I think he's a, he's a little bit annoyed by that. Uh-huh. But, uh, but <laughs> he's like, "Look, man, funny, <laughs> these guys are paying me. I'm not supposed to talk about the Jaguar thing." <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. We're trying, but, um, trying to send that, that down the memory hole. Yeah, it was really it was really fun, you know, with him and, and kind of getting to spend some time. And he was there to Marshall, right? Yeah. So, uh, uh, so he, you know, he the Porsche people were so busy kind of taking care of him, running him around from place to place that. You know, that's why I, I, I kind of had a ton of freedom just to kind of do my own thing, which was totally perfect. Yeah. Um, but um, but it was fun. The, the time that I did get to spend with, with Hurley, it was kind of like where he was off the clock, you know, and I think he was, um, you know, kind of enjoying not being in his public persona, Hurley Haywood role. Yeah. And and, um, and so, uh, so yeah, he was just super chill and, and candid, and, and he's just, he's such a, just, really uh, incredible dude you know and and it was great his husband steve was there and uh it was fun talking with him and and um 
they're just a really funny and, and fun couple. So yeah. it was, it was, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that was just kind of the icing on the cake the whole thing. You know, like, yeah, no dude, I'm, I'm just hanging out with early A one. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a weird, uh, weird, ex- you know, last year I, I didn't realize he was going to be on the trip until pretty late. And like, I saw that and I was like, Oh shit. Like I, I always get, and this is dumb, but like, I always get nervous around those guys. Like I'm going to, um, you don't want him to make like think you're dumb. Yeah, and I I think uh, you know we had this discussion. We've had this discussion many times in the podcast, sure. but like yeah. uh, I always like part of me is like super excited, and I'm like, oh, I hope they're cool, and I hope that like it doesn't kind of spoil my idea of who who they or I thought they were, and then I also just like I hope that I don't look foolish uh, in in front of these guys. So like th- these guys are like you know, in my mind, like the coolest. Um, and Hurley's totally, totally cool. And, uh, you know, if, if I think, I, I think more of him now having met him and, and spent some, a little bit of time with him, I think more of him, uh, than I did even thinking that he was, you know, one of the, the coolest guys ever to race. So, um, yeah, that was pretty, pretty good. Um, so what was it like? So when I was there at Le Mans uh, last year, Porsche uh, won their class, and uh, obviously they were very happy with the result. They had thrown like everything from their LMP1 program at the GT program, and and won, and won, <laughs> which and, is not shouldn't be too surprising. Yeah, but they were they were super super pumped, and and um, it was a you know everybody was kind of in a celebratory mood. So what is it like when you're there and they don't win? You know, it was. Uh, I, I mean, I think there was some disappointment, you know, but um, but the fact that they were, you know, I mean, even even though they didn't they didn't get the the or at least you know in GTM in GTM they didn't think that they were, you know, they thought that they lost that. Yeah. Uh, as it turned oh, out. Oh right, that's uh, right. Yep. They, they gave it to him. Yeah. Um, but, um, uh, but yeah, but the thing is, you know, the, the fact that they, they were clinching the, the, the WEC championship yeah. overall for the, the super season, you know, is, is, you know, pretty big consolation. And they could just say, ah, oh, you know, it's fine. You know, come in second. We, you know, <laughs> can't win them all. We, we still did great. And, 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 you know, we have the championship. So, so, uh, you know, I mean, it, 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 I don't think I don't think anybody. I mean, there was some you, you could sense some some disappointment, but uh, I don't think they were too broken up about it. I think they were they were putting on a, a brave face, and uh, and and uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's uh, still still a pretty pretty uh, pretty great performance, and and just the number of cars that they had there, and in, in, you know, both the pro and GAN classes, you know, I mean, it felt like. Sometimes half the field were, were yeah. those nine elevens, you yeah. know, and, and they just sound so so unbelievable going past. Yeah, that's so. they they sound crazy. I mean, I I remember uh, being in the uh, Corvette pit, and they used to yeah. be like the uh, the loudest loudest like the the car that was super recognizable. Like you always knew when it was a Corvette coming, and you still certainly sure. do. But they were like, man, those 911s are loud. Like the Cor- the Corvette guys were like, Jesus, those things are like, because they were you know two pits over. And when when the Corvette guys are uh, remarking on how how loud and how nasty those things sound, <laughs> like, that's a pretty pretty good indicator. They uh, yeah, they sound fantastic. So so what did you hear, uh, if anything, about the the new regulation, the new hypercar stuff? What did I hear about it? Anything? Yeah. I mean, you were oh, there. Well, I mean, I you know, just whatever, whatever you everybody else had, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I was there. I wasn't in the in the ACO press conference or anything. So, um, you know, I was getting my 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 uh, information the same way everybody else was. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I mean, it's super interesting. It's it's it, it was a funny year to 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 go to Le Mans uh, for the first time, just because. It's it's at kind of just like a weird moment right now. I feel like where, you know, the fastest cars on the, the track, kind of nobody cares about. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and, and and that was, and that wasn't just you know my own my own feeling. I mean, it, 
you know, that was kind of a palpable thing walking around, you know, the cars that everybody's excited about are the GTs, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and even, you know, and like, and, and, you know, I don't, I don't know any different, but, um, but, you know, a, a lot of people who had been there before were kind of remarking upon just how kind of subdued the, uh, you know, the, the, the end of the race was, you know, mm-hmm. just the, the atmosphere and, and the crowd and stuff and how, you know, in years past, it's been just total bedlam and, and, and mayhem um, with the, you know, the way that people react at the end of the race. And, and this was, I mean, everybody, yeah, it was a foregone conclusion. Everybody knew, you know, and, and, uh, uh, so, so, so that part of it was, was, uh, um, a little anticlimactic, but, um, but, uh, you know, but it's, but it is interesting to, to kind of, uh, you know, hear the hypercar stuff and, and, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of tantalizing. You hope, you hope that it will, it will, um, and the cars will be slower. Um, but, uh, but if it brings more manufacturers back, I think that can only be a good thing. And I think just the enthusiasm that people have for the GTs uh, versus the prototypes, you know, right now, I think that, you know, it's pretty telling that, that, you know, absolute speed is not the thing that matters. I think the thing that matters is just uh, cars that, that look and sound cool and that are, you know, readily distinct from from each other um i mean that's why that's why the gts are so great you know that because of the the the, the corvettes the fords the porsches the the aston martins the BMW, they all they all look really different they all sound really different they're all really distinctive and and you know people can really you know that's what people are into yeah. and um and in the prototypes you just haven't had that um, yeah. and you don't have it at all right now. And I, I think um, obviously like the, the, I feel bad for Toyota because like it's a, it's an incredible thing for them to have stuck it out and to like, uh, sure. keep contending, uh, at Le Mans and like, you know, without them, it would be a very, it would be even weirder, uh, the last couple of years. But, sure. uh, but the, you know, you feel bad because there was so much attention when it was Porsche and Toyota or, uh, Audi and Peugeot and uh, the the those big battles where it was like you know two uh, giants two juggernauts yeah, yeah. Uh, in in that race like did draw a lot of interest and did um, you know obviously like raise the profile of the race I'd imagine people were super excited especially some of those uh, those years where it was a little bit tighter but um, you know, Toyota through no fault of their own, just, and, and like making the largest possible investment, uh, in the field. Uh, yeah, the, the interest has not, not been there. Uh, but you know, um, 30 years from now or, or 20 years from now, people are going to, your name is still there as the well, Toyota, Toyota is like buddy rice winning the Indy 500 during the split years. Yeah, right. You know, it's like they want it and they're celebrated, but it's, it's almost like you get an asterisk for winning, right? You know, and they did it the right way. They did it, you know, it's it not wasn't it was not their fault. Yeah. But in the minds of a lot of historians, and uh, they won it during the weird era of, of Lamar, where there was no competition. Yeah, um, and it's going to be the same next year, and maybe even worse because everybody will be working on their hypercar program. Well, I wouldn't say involved. I wouldn't say there's no competition, right? You're still it's still a war of attrition, and you're still fighting through traffic, which is more dangerous to the Toyotas than. Uh, and having another uh, and not having another competitor, so I, I don't think that, saying there's no competition no, is a little but, a little I mean, bit of a stretch. But there's, there's, yeah, there's, there's no competition. There's no one in there. No one's no talking one about who finished place. second. Yeah, I mean it's the, it was Toyota. I believe. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. I'm mean, third. Third. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. So I think that we you know that we'd uh, we probably talk about Lamar all day, but we probably shouldn't. We got a bunch of other stuff to get to. Well it's a twenty four hour race. It, how much do we give to a two hour race? We should do a twenty four hour pod. That would Oh my gosh. You'd get into some <laughs> weird shit, I think. And right, you gotta stay twitch. up for the whole time. We yeah. can twitch that. Yeah, that's a good Next idea. Next year, man. Next year. Um, Peter, we're gonna fly you here. Yep. So yeah, I think I think we probably have enough on, on Lamar. Uh we we again we could talk all day about it, but um, we should probably move on to a different topic. I did, uh, while I have you, uh, Peter, um, 
want to talk about uh, our friend and colleague, Davy Johnson. Um, uh, someone, you know, I obviously would not know you if it wasn't for Davy, And I think, um, you know, that's the case with a lot of folks in the, in the car world. Uh, he was a, a connector for, for a lot of people and, and kind of a mutual friend for a lot of people. But um, if you don't know, Davey uh, worked at Auto Week. Um, one of the early early employees at Jalopnik has worked at Car and Driver and a bunch of other places. Um, and really, like, you know, I, I think I said earlier this week that, like, I would not be doing this now except for the fact that, like, reading Jalopnik, I thought Davey and Johnny and Spinelli and Bumbeck and uh, Phil and all those guys who were the coolest guys in the world. And that's, like, I wanted to be like those guys. Um, but Davey, uh, went missing on a, a motorcycle trip, uh, almost two weeks ago now, um, in the mountains in, in California, um, seems to have, have gone into a river on his own accord, um, for reasons that we will never know and, um, disappeared. Uh, so earlier this week they called off, uh, the search and, um, they're, they've ruled it uh, likely as an accidental drowning. Um, but it, you know, Peter, it, it, you made a, a post earlier this week about it, but, um, the last time I think both of us saw him was at Daytona, uh, walking the pits and, um, you know, I, I've certainly never seen him that happy and that fulfilled and optimistic. And, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know uh, what what to say. I, I think there's a huge, um, you know, uh, there's a huge Davy shaped spot where where um, where he should be for me certainly, and um, you know, I'm sure that's that's the case for you as well. Um, but yeah. yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean the. Um, I mean, the thing about Davey is, is uh, you know, I wouldn't know. I, I would have no place in in this world <laughs> of writing about cars uh, and doing this stuff um, if it weren't for Davey. I mean, I can, you know, I mean, that's literally the case. He um, <clears throat> he reached out to me. Uh, he read an interview uh, with me, just uh, you know, about my music stuff. Uh, but where I mentioned that, uh, that writing about cars was something I'd always, uh, dreamed of doing. And, uh, and he said, you need to be doing this and we're going to make this happen. And, um, and, and he did that. Um, he just introduced me around to a million people because Davey, you know, knows, knew, uh, a million people. He was one of those guys that, that, um, uh, he connects everybody else, you know, um, and, uh, um, so, so yeah, I mean, when you say that he, he leaves the hole, uh, it's, it's, I mean, that, that was the thing when, when he disappeared was just seeing just the, the incredible response, just how many people were, were, uh, you know, touched by this and upset by it and, and reaching out wanting to help and, 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 uh, and you look through the, you know, they put up a, uh, you know, GoFundMe for the the, um, the the search crews, you know, the guys that were doing the, the uh, response stuff, and and just looking through the people that that were contributing, you know, and it's just a lot of a lot of people, a lot of journalists that that you know I know now because of Baby, um, but it was you know it was it was it was. Uh, um, you know, people from, from car companies, it was Johan Demission, <laughs> you know, at Cadillac. I mean, it was just a million, a million people. And, and, uh, and I think that speaks to, to just, to, to, to the person that Davey was, you know, he was just, um, uh, just incredibly, um, generous and, uh, and just, and, and, uh, and somebody who just, um, man, he, it's still weird to talk about it in the past tense. Um, but, but, um, you know, if you want to talk about, about 
what you do with your life, you know, and, and I think a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of, you know, it's like, you never feel like, you always feel like you're kind of just, um, I, I try, I try to live my life as best as I can. Or I try to do as many, you know, cool things as I can or, or just be an interesting person or have a, you know, um, but man, he, he, he lived his life, uh, full throttle and, and very richly. And, um, and I mean, you know, it's, it's, uh, I mean, we're all blessed. I think we're all, uh, grieving that, that he's gone, you know, for ourselves. Um, but man, uh, just as an example of, of how to, uh, how to go through life, uh, I think, you know, you could do a lot worse than, than follow his. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that was one of the, you know, I was talking to my wife last night about this and, um, it's like, you know, there are a lot of people who, who have stayed in closer touch than, uh, than I did with Davey and, uh, you know, much, much, much closer, um, especially the last few years than I was. And she was like, you talk about him all the time. Like, and I guess I didn't realize that, but she's like, you, you were always like giving me updates on, on what he's up to. And, um, you know, I think for me, he, he's out, like you said, he's always been like, um, he just stayed cool. Like he, he, when I, like when I started wanting to write about cars and I thought that he was super cool and, um, kind of like had this like punk ethos about it and like, uh, was not shy about his like opinions or his like, um, you know, his, his thoughts and never really couched anything. And as I've kind of like gone into my like career, uh, as a, you know, first as a journalist and now in, in the current job, um, I always would look at Davey and be like, like just in awe of how he managed to stay like independent and stay cool and stay like, um, you know, like, uh, like maintain that, like that sense of, of independence and like that kind of punk thing where it was just like, uh, he was just going to be him and, um, and the world was going to kind of, uh, you know, we're going to be okay with it cause everybody loved him. Um, but yeah, it's, yeah. I don't know. I mean, yeah, yeah. It's a, uh, it's a real, it's a heartbreaking thing to 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 talk about. Um, but man, we're gonna miss him. Um, and I thank you so much for for talking a, a little bit about him. Um, uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. That's the thing. I mean, it's like we wouldn't know each other, yeah, right? <laughs> I wouldn't see it, and and just just that, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Godspeed, baby. Yeah. Um. All right. So we are going to uh, move on from that. I believe uh, to Hot Wheels. <laughs> we'll do some Hot Wheels. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> yeah, a really smooth transition. We probably should have thought that out a little better. But thank you, as always, uh, Peter, for joining us. Thank you so much, Peter. Yep. Um, thanks for coming. Oh, man. My pleasure. Looking forward to, to reading about that uh, very shortly. And next time you're in Detroit, we have to get you on the pod to play the trivia game to get uh, okay. the t- two two recurring features he would together. Actually, probably be pretty good on the. On the, uh, <laughs> yeah, we need you to kill a couple hours on our 24-hour marathon. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks, man. All right, guys. Bye. Okay. All right. Uh, we are joined now uh, over the telephone by Ricardo Briseno, uh from Hot Wheels. Uh, he is uh, calling in. They've got some... Uh, Kind of exciting stuff. We're going to talk about the Legends Tour, um, something that that we've been involved with in the past. We want to ask him some questions about some new products as well, and um, we're going to actually give our our requests um, for uh, for future products. Uh, how are you doing, Ricardo? Doing great, Rory. Thank you for for having us. Yeah, yeah. I'm uh, I'm glad to do it. We uh, you know we're big uh, Hot Wheels fans, obviously. Um, huge fans. Huge fans. Uh, and uh, we've we've loved um, kind of last year being a part of uh, your 50th anniversary. Um, and you know we did the big cover and, and gave you our Car Culture Award. 
So, um, what's what is uh, what's going on for year fifty one? What are we uh, what are we excited about? Well, year fifty one is honestly a continuation of year fifty. Uh, what we have found and what we have built is a uh, is a brand and Hot Wheels that is uh, an entirely multi generational brand where everyone from like the little kids that play with the toys are excited excited to engage with the brand all the way to every car person, car enthusiast out there, because ultimately everyone's first car was always a Hot Wheels, and anyone and everyone who's into cars is into Hot Wheels, and, and what we try to do is celebrate and engage that fandom, engage those kids that are into the toys, engage those adults, those grown-ups that, you know, have that little Hot Wheels kid inside of them and that want to want to engage and participate that with everything that we do. Ultimately, we see Hot Wheels as an integral part of car culture. We we take a lot of influence from car culture, and we want to say that we also influence uh, the people that that define car culture these days. Definitely. So the the Legends Tour, uh, we've got one coming up next weekend in Detroit next Saturday. I was uh, very fortunate to uh, to judge a couple of these last year, one in Detroit or Dearborn, and one in um, Las Vegas during SEMA. Tell us about Legends Tour and and you know if if people are listening to this, why they should come out and, and what they can expect. Yeah, Legends Tour, this is actually the second year of the Legends Tour. And in a nutshell, we are looking for full-size custom cars that will become the next Hot Wheels car. So it's a competition around the country. We have 18 stops at different parking lots, and we're asking the community to bring out their cars. Anyone who's built a great car that they think their dream is to have it turn into a Hot Wheels car, that's what we want. We're choosing one finalist in each stop. We'll be choosing one uh, this coming Saturday in Detroit. And then those finalists were taken to SEMA. And at SEMA, we have our final event where we'll choose one winner that we will turn into the next Hot Wheels car. So uh, that that is a, a super cool idea and a super cool... I mean, the the... Number of cars and like variety of cars that these things bring out, uh, you know, that is a very tangible dream to have like your actual car turned into a Hot Wheels. Um, it was really, really actually, you know, both events were really, really difficult to pick. We were with we a panel of, uh, you know, a handful of judges, and, um, you know, that there were some super, super deserving and, and cars that you could just imagine, uh, as, as really awesome Hot Wheels. Tell us, tell us about maybe some of your favorites from last year and then about the car that actually ended up winning. Oh, yeah, you're absolutely right. It's really, really hard. Uh, and we have our judging criteria. We know what we're looking for, but there's so many great cars that are out there. In, uh, and it's not just about the car. It's about the story. There's, uh, there's one really cool car uh, that was a, a geo tracker with a giant blown engine, something yeah. So unexpected and so wild that you look at it and it looked like a Hot Wheels. Um, there was a really cool build of a 240Z that was a dad son build. His son was 11 years old and, and you know they're building it together. So that was a, a really cool story. Uh, we had an amazing Rambler that we found in Nashville last oh, year. Yeah. Uh, the Susie Botters, one of a, a, a female car competitor that that built a really great car. That was actually uh, Jay Leno's top pick. Uh, last year and he he got a chance to drive it around so you know it's there's it's really hard to single out a specific car because they are so different and so cool and so unique on their own mm-hmm. and our winner um, last year it's called the two jet z so it's a completely built, new build from the ground up Luis rodriguez um the builder he we found him in uh or we, we selected him in, in new jersey um and uh you know it's a it's this crazy contraption that the one seater, it's seater inspired by a by a dra- drawing by Dwayne Benz, uh, who used to be a Hot Wheels designer, and um, and uh, you know it's a uh, it's it's almost also a uh, inspired by a, a jet car, you know, by by a, by an airplane, but an airplane in four wheels. So it's a really cool, really different, really unique build, and one where the builder also kind of came up with this idea and with this concept of the car, and you know went after it and you know took on our moto challenge accepted and you know there was nothing stopping him and, and he always made a really cool car 
that looks amazing, but it also drives really well. Yeah. It's not just about a show car. It's also a car that performs. It was, it was cool. We, uh, he's got the, the thing that always sticks with me about that car. And my favorite thing about it is he's got this little, uh, cover on the, on the exhaust outlet. That's a, um, a vegetable strainer, you know, the little vegetable strainers that you, you kind of pull on one end and they, they, uh, shrink up and then they, they can expand and open it. It looks like, uh, it looks like something from a jet, but to have the imagination to look at a vegetable strainer and be like, Oh, that looks you know, like an afterburner. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a, something that, that would control a jet thrust. It's really, really cool. And it's super creative build. And, um, yeah, that was, that was, I think I, I had pushed for the Rambler, uh, pretty hard and I, I ended up, uh, coming around to the jet car, but that it was, it was a really, really cool experience. And the people were so, so excited, um, you know, at the prospect of, of becoming part of, part of Hot Wheels. It was very, very cool. Um, so next Saturday is Legends Tour in Dearborn. Dearborn. Yep. At the Walmart. At the Walmart, um, right over by Ford headquarters. Um, you can kind of see Ford headquarters from there. Um, Make sure if you're in the area to to come out and and check it out. It's a, it's a really really good scene. Um, starts uh, what time in the morning? Seven in the morning, something like that. Something like that. Yeah, and then, yeah. and it's over it, by. It, go it ahead. starts at eight, um, but uh, but cars are going to start showing up earlier than that, of course. Yeah, yeah, um, and we'll be over by noon. Um, our own Natalie Neff will be there as a uh, a judge. Um, so make sure you get out to that if you can uh, next weekend. Uh, we, we did want to talk a little bit about the uh, the new product, uh, the ID cars. The future. The Hot Wheels going in the future. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we saw some news about these this week, uh, this week and I have not uh, had the chance to, to dig into it. Tell us what they are and, and what they do and, and why they're cool. Yeah, we're thrilled about this. It's... Uh basically taking a page uh, from what, when Hot Wheels came out now 51 years ago, that we were not the first toy car, but we came out with a, with a car that looked better and performed better than anything that was out there. And that's kind of how we re- revolutionized toy cars back in 1968. 51 years later, we're coming out with, uh, with the newest and biggest innovation since. And it's, uh, it's, we're taking these cars and we are creating a physical and digital blended experience. So essentially, these are cars with NFC chips. That uh, the, the chip, what it allows them to do is, uh, it's almost like a VIN number. Every car now becomes uniquely identifiable, and it's also paired up with with a portal or a smart track. So essentially, the cars. Um, will be going through the track and the track is able to measure speed, performance, number of laps, and all that information is uniquely assigned to that car. Of course, this all comes with a free-to-download companion app that allows you to download and unlock the car uh, within the app, so you'll be able to collect the cars. Each car is individual, of course, because each chip is individual, so you're able to build your collection, all the performance tasks, from playing with the car physically are also transferred into the app. So you'll, you'll be able to keep track of all the performance of your car. And also it unlocks all sorts of digital play as well, where depending on, for example, how fast the cars go in the track, you can complete some um, on the track physically. You can complete some challenges, some digital challenges in the app. So it's a really interesting way to take Hot Wheels to the future. We know that kids this day are digital natives. Uh, they are unconnected devices. We also know that physical play continues to be really important. Uh, so this is very interesting and very important because we found a way to unlock that connection between physical and digital play, but continuing to encourage the physical play. Because what you do with a car in the real life actually impacts what ha- what happens with a car in the digital world. So, you know, we're we're thrilled about this new innovation and uh, the reception that we have seen so far and you know under a week of sales uh, has been unbelievable cool so uh what how do they compare like cost wise to i think a regular hot wheels is usually around 99 cents um what's what is the retail for one of these 
Yeah, while the the individual cars are retailing retailing for six dollars, they're available right now exclusively at Apple stores. Now, mind you, oh, these are not just crazy. a car with a chip. These are cars that have an unbelievably premium finish with Spectra Flame uh, or, yeah. or signature Spectra Flame shiny paint with a lot more details and graphics. So these are highly valuable cars on their own. And on top of that, they have this amazing technology layer. So uh, important question for me. My uh, two-and-a-half-year-old has uh, numerous, probably a couple hundred Hot Wheels at this point. Uh, not because of me, obviously. She's, she has a job in Boston. Yeah, as a collector, yeah. Uh, but she likes to take them in the bathtub. Can these go in the tub? Well, yes, yes. These are, I mean, these are these are cars that uh, they they behave like regular Hot Wheels, and because oh, okay. uh, the electronics ultimately are in the in the in the track, not the car. Oh, okay. oh, okay, yeah. So tub safe. That's very important to me. Um, and then, uh, you know, what what's the what is the expectation for these as far as, um. You know what? Maybe can you talk about um, some of the the possibilities as far as what these cars can do, and um, you know some maybe potential new products or ideas that you guys are kicking around there. Well, we're, we're building this as a as a fully sustainable platform, and this is just the beginning of what we can do. You know, we're we're just introducing the system with these uh, fifty one cars, the Smart Track, the Portal, and this is the just the tip of the iceberg. We see us integrating all the capabilities that this connected play um, gives us throughout uh, most of our line as, as you know as time progresses. And ultimately, it's also a, a new platform of connected play for Mattel. Again, where Hot Wheels is pioneering the technology, but it's something that the essence of connected play, where you have uh, something happening in the physical world that impacts the digital world, and we create that virtual cycle is something that can apply in general to play. Cool. Um, so we would be remiss if we had you on the phone and did not make some, uh, suggestions, suggestions. Some, for, some forced suggestions, some, some uh, heavily leaned upon suggestions of cars that, that we have always, uh, wanted to see how wheels make. So, um, I hope that's okay. And I know this is not a legally binding, uh, conversation. This is, uh, this is us begging. Uh, but our lawyers in the other room creating a draft right now, so <laughs> yeah. uh, be careful. Uh, so Wesley. Uh, so, okay. So this might sound crazy to li- listeners and maybe to you, but uh, I'm a 50s car nerd. Uh, I know this might not actually sound crazy since I own two 50s cars. Yeah, I think we know that about um, you, Wesley. Yep. Could you make, this is a, a personal Hypothetical. ask, a 1959 Ford Either a Skyliner, which is the retractable hardtop, you don't need to make the top work, or a, a Galaxy, which is the fixed top one. Uh, that would be perfect to, you know, put next to my '59 Ford Galaxy. Uh, so those are, those are your two. What did you, you said a Pontiac too? Right? Uh, 1960 Pontiac would also be ideal. I think Hot Wheels might have made one in the '80s, but I'm not exactly sure on that. So maybe it's the, it might have the scan already, just to start casting him again. Yeah, I think uh, a lot of. Th- I, I tried to pick stuff I know because I when I did the Legends tour I was talking to some of the Hot Wheels guys, and I was like, oh, you guys should do this car, and they're like, we've already we did that already. We I mean I think in fifty one years of making Hot Wheels, they made a lot of cars. They've covered a lot of ground. Um, so my personal list. These are. I'll, let me preface this by saying I think two of these are would be very very difficult to make. Uh, it's the hundredth anniversary of. Bentley, uh, the Bentley boys, the Bentley, uh, Bentley cars. My favorite, maybe favorite car ever is an eight liter Bentley. Um, I don't know how that would be done with hot wheels because the wheels are so tall and skinny and the packaging would be, you'd have to get a new card basically because yeah. scaling it down. Would... Yeah. It's like, a um, and I, I talked to actually one of the designers too, and he was saying, um, that the so a Hot Wheels car is not necessarily a one-to-one recreation scaled down. Some, there's a lot of design work that goes into um, turning a real-life car into a Hot Wheels car and kind of keep, you know, if, if you're like me and you look at it, you'd say this is a 100% identical recreation, just smaller. Um, but that's that's not really how it goes, right? Oh, no, absolutely not. Um, I think that fortunately our... Our team of designers, they're, they're, they're car designers yeah. that have studied 
automotive design and more than toy designers. Yeah. So, so they know what they're doing and they, they do heavily modify um, all the cars so that the proportions make sense when you shrink into 164. Yeah. So as one example, our wheels in our cars are much bigger proportionally that, uh, than in a real car because if you were to just shrink it down, the wheels would be tiny and it would look ridiculous. So, yeah. you know, they, they, they heavily modify all the cars. And but they still, like you said, when you see them in 164, they look like a real thing. So yeah. that's one of the the amazing things about our our unbelievable design team. So the uh, do you think they could take on the uh, the eight liter Bentley? Listen, they can take on anything and everything. <laughs> they've taken on on both cars. They've taken on the most ridiculous creations because, mind you, also have each year we we issue. Uh, 25 new what we call Hot Wheels originals, which yeah. are our designers' creations of you know wild cars that that don't exist in real life, but uh, but in the toy world they can exist. So you know they're, they're, the the sky's the limit for their creativity, and uh, there's a lot that we can do. I have to say though, I also have uh, I, I, they manage the the selection process very carefully. So uh, I'm not necessarily the gatekeeper, but I will. Most certainly submit your, your list for that. That's all right. Um, Perfect. Yeah. I love it. Uh, so, so the other one, I think, uh, we have, have three more that I think are actually probably more doable and may, may already be in the works, but I think it would be super cool to see the current, uh, IMSA DPI cars. So the Cadillac and the Mazda and the Acura and the Nissan, um, DPI cars would be really, really super, super cool in 164th, and I have not seen those yet. Um, that that one is like as a race fan, those cars look super crazy, um, and I like I said, I think they look look super cool as as Hot Wheels. Um, so those are our those are our requests, and maybe uh, an Auto Week livery. Yeah, I mean, if if you if, if, you, if you if you if you if you make time, I don't yeah. know. It's, <laughs> yeah. We don't want to go crazy with our, our pandering or begging, but um, that would be nice. Yeah, that would be nice. Um, so uh, that is all all we have. Um, again, make sure if you can to get out to uh, Dearborn next week, and then uh, there are also uh, obviously Legends Tour is something. If you're listening in a different town, they are probably going to be uh, somewhat nearby you uh, over the course of the summer. Unless you've already missed them, because they've hit a few spots already. Yeah, so we have um, that stuff is is available on uh, the website on HotWheels.com. Is that correct? Yes, uh, yep, I'm answering. Hotwheels.com. But we have a short list right now. Oh, right? Yeah. Wes has got the list uh, here. Yep, we're we so prepared. Yep. Uh, so we're hitting Dearborn on the yep. 29th. Yep. Uh, Chi Town at Chicago on yep. the 13th of July. Uh, St. Louis, July 27th. Dallas, August 3rd. Denver, August 10th. Seattle, August 24th. Phoenix, I'm assuming Arizona. Uh, September 7th. San Jose, uh, 20, September 21st. San Diego, October 5th. And Los Angeles, October 19th. These are spread far out. Yeah. These are, yeah. it's a long, long trip. And then, uh, but yeah, go bring your car uh, if you can. And um, I think, what do, you, do you sign up to get to uh, have your car selected? Is that right? Yeah, you sign up on our on our website. You register there if you want to bring your car, and we'll give you all the instructions. Uh, mind you, this is this is a, a true family celebration. When you go to the to the shows, you see, of course, all the participants, all the competitors. But we also bring out five cars of the Hot Wheels fleet, including some of the more most uh, noteworthy cars like the Diora Two, the Twin Mill, sometimes the Bone Shaker, the Camaros. Mm -hmm. This year, we also have. Um, play areas uh, for kids. We have the fortune of having enlisted some amazing partners that are making the experience be so much better. So we have Dickies, of course, the makers of the work shirt that, you know, it's a staple in every car enthusiast um, closet. And, you know, we're giving out really cool exclusive patches. So if you go to Walmart, bring your shirt or what, or or buy one there, you get one exclusive Hot Wheels Legends for patch there. We're also working with Mechanics Wear, and they have a super fun pit crew station, so you can come, kind uh, of pretend that you are changing a tire. So really fun for adults and for kids, and we have up there uh, some really cool Hot Wheels branded Mechanics gloves for kids and for adults. Um, we also have Mobile One. Mobile One has been a huge partner of ours. And they are sponsoring, they have an amazing activation with uh, Race Car Simulator, 
but uh, but they are sponsoring a great sweepstakes where if you go in and sign up, uh, you get a chance to win a brand new Hot Wheels uh, 50th anniversary edition Camaro, um, so a full size car. Wow. And uh, and then finally we have Xbox, and we'll have some cool gaming stations with uh, with uh, with the Forza games. So you know it's a lot of really cool activities. There's all of the cars, but then everything where the family can come in and partake. And you know it'll be a really fun morning. Cool. Yeah. So that is next weekend in Dearborn, and then again uh, that list that Wesley read off. Those uh, other stops are also available on HotWheels.com. Go check it out. Uh, bring your car, like I said, and and you can pull it in front of a, a giant uh, Hot card. Wheels box, yeah. a Hot Wheels card. So it looks like your car is uh, in a Hot Wheels box, which is a lot of fun. That was super popular last time and a very cool idea. Thank you again, Ricardo, for joining us. We would love to have you back on uh, a little bit later in the year or, or really any time. Um, we appreciate the time. Anytime. Thank you, guys. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks again from uh, to Ricardo uh, from Hot Wheels. Uh, thanks to Peter Hughes for calling in. Um, we are running long, so we're going to cap this one. We'll cover uh, our cars in Corktown uh, in another episode. And, and boy, is it a good one. Uh, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And we're going to talk about um, the Dodge Challenger Hellcat Red Eye that I drove over to cars in Corktown. Oh, how is that car? And its fate. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know uh, where the car is oh, we don't or know how where, it's yeah. how it's going. I have some theories. This can be our this can be our serial. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the uh, there's really yeah. I don't think there's a lot of investigating to do here. But um, actually, I am going to try to find the car. Um, <laughs> But we will cover that in the next episode, number 63 of awesome. the Auto Week podcast. Uh, thank you for listening. Thank you uh, so much for listening. And go ahead and do the things that you do. Um, and uh, we will talk to you next week.